Hi, and welcome to this episode of Sass and Sips, where every episode we will be discussing and dissecting an episode of Lost while we drink. We are your hosts. I'm Lisa. And I'm Agnes. And today's episode is Further Instructions from Season 3. I am drinking some good old red wine. What are you drinking? You know what? I forgot I had wine. My neighbor is so cute. And we're having my mommy coffee. Next time you can have the wine. It's a funny story because last night, I don't know what we're talking about, something. And then I told her that I'm no longer smoking. I'm doing my diet. So I'm going to be like a lunatic. I'm going to be a rating. She said, oh, okay, so just leave the rhyme and run. I was like, LOL. I said, no, can I still owe you your birthday wine? So you can't give me wine until I get you your birthday. So she's like, okay, fine. And she just took a picture of her husband with a bottle of wine. She was so upset cliff. Loophole. I was like, <laughs> she said her husband with a bottle of wine to leave my, on my porch. I was like, you're so cute. That was cute. All right, and it actually thought about you. Me? Because that's something you would do. Oh. I'm like, all right, fine. I won't send. I won't send you bagels. Ding dong! I brought you bagels instead. Like that's something. <laughs> right. Right. That's the least of move. <laughs> you ready to get into the episode? I'm ready. All right. In flashback, at some point, Locke is working and living on a rural commune in or near Humboldt. County, California. He picks up a work-seeking hitchhiker, Eddie, during a rainstorm. A local sheriff stops Locke's pickup and asks to see his license and registration. Locke has guns in his truck. After Locke shows him the papers, the sheriff says that he can still take him in for picking up a hitchhiker. Eddie interrupts, saying that Locke is his uncle. Arriving at the commune, Locke salutes everyone and shows Eddie their sweat lodge where family members can figure out what they have to do with their life and to find out whether they are a farmer or a hunter. Eddie asks which one Locke is. Locke only smiles. At lunch, Locke introduces Eddie to Mike and Jan, the commune leaders, and explains that Eddie has been looking for logging work. Locke says grace and thanks the Lord for helping him stop being angry and helping him find a real family. So right there, that puts it in perspective of, of like where Locke's time frame it is. So this is obviously like after Helen and after his father. Right. Because, you know, now we know like he's not angry and whatever. Were you surprised to see him living on a commune? Okay. So I was thinking, I didn't, I was going to wait until we got oh, I, done with the you, flashback section. We could. I mean. Yeah, because it's, it's like, it took, if this, Locke. Yeah, he's special. <laughs> okay. After spending six weeks at the commune, Eddie asks Locke about his father. But there is nothing much to talk about, according to Locke. Eddie then asks Locke about the greenhouse he is never let into. He claims there are too many secrets in this family. When Eddie observes several large bags of fertilizer being taken into the greenhouse, he says he knows what's going on and he wants in on whatever they are blowing up. Locke laughs, but says he will talk to Mike and Jan and will try to arrange answers to Eddie's questions. In the greenhouse, a marijuana crop is growing. 
Mike and Jan count their money, pack the drugs, and prepare to flee. Mike and Jan are furious with Locke because they have discovered that Eddie is an undercover cop who has been gathering evidence for the police over the last six weeks. Locke insists that Eddie, that since Eddie has never entered the greenhouse, it's not too late. He can still keep his family together and that he will fix it. John takes Eddie hunting to cover up his mess. He learns from Eddie that the police chose Locke because he hadn't been there long, didn't have a criminal record, and was the most subject to coercion. When Locke is about to shoot Eddie, Eddie tries to calm him down, saying Locke is not a murderer, that he is a farmer. Locke corrects him, saying he is a hunter. Locke cannot bring himself to pull the trigger, and Eddie walks away. That's the end of the flashback. You want to? So, yeah. With all the other characters, so I, um, Kate's flashbacks, mm-hmm. pretty much what they're going to. You pretty much know what they're going to be about, but they're still entertaining, and they got a couple of twists. They're like, oh, but they pretty much know, you know, you have an idea where they're going to go. Um, there's some flashbacks that, uh, like, even Jack, Jax, you know, it's about his family. You know, you have an idea about his flashbacks. And there's some flashbacks you're just like, okay, that was just, okay, insightful. Like Charlie's. You, uh-huh. get to, you see, like, the, how he got to, to be the person he is. Now, Locke. Every Locke flashback, I am surprised. They take you somewhere that you don't even expect it to go, like, at all. You're like, but wait, what? <laughs> like, even with his father, like, every, if you think about it, there's not one flashback that you were expecting. Mm-hmm. So... So was I surprised? Yeah, I was confused as fuck. But at the same time, you're like, but all right, this is lost. This is locked. Maybe I'm not so surprised after all. You know, it's just yeah. It's I was surprised, but not surprised. Uh, yeah. At the end of the day, I mean, he's still searching for the same. Thing. You know, he's still the same person. He still yeah, wants absolutely. love like, and acceptance and a family yes. and he's somewhere to belong. In the message, they're like with lock with, with all their messages, they're very consistent in their character development. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's just how, with lock, I find the way they do it is it keeps you like, oh, okay, that's an interesting turn. Wait, his parents? Wait, what? They still his kidney? Right. Wait. He's in a commune? What? Like, right. <laughs> he, he was a house appraiser? Like, wait, what? <laughs> like, how and the hell did he end up working in the box company? Like, you yeah. have no idea, like, where it's going to go to next. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's always the same ending. He finds a way to fuck it up. Like, he has a good thing going, and he finds a way to mess it up. But this way wasn't so much his fault, per se. He was being kind of targeted, maybe because he is a little gullible. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, uh, Lord. Yeah. Lord of mercy. I mean, it it also depends on your take if, like, he actually should have went through with, quote, unquote, fixing the problem. Any of the shit. I think, um, that's why I think the island is so important to him, because it's giving him this sense of, not just walking, it's giving him redemption um, he's been able to, in his eyes, redeem himself from the right, past well, mistakes. Like, for the most part, other than not hitting the button, but this mm-hmm. be 
but let's be fair, 50 50, 50% of people would stop hitting the button. So, you know, I mean, I don't think, but other than that, on that island, he's done things to be helpful and to redeem yeah. himself in his eyes, to redeem himself to people around him. Um, I think that's the reason this island is so important to him. And well, and he, you know, in his flashback, he obviously didn't fix what he set out to fix, but we'll see on the island, it's not the same story. He that's, he kind of yeah. has his redemption. He's a and, boar, a boar hunting, track following, man of all traits. Like he's he's dependable. The island, everyone, dep- you know, he has his role, his necessary role. And we get um, and we get a visit from a past character. This episode. Really? Do we really, Lisa? Do well, tell. Okay, ready. I'm ready. <laughs> A shot of Locke's eye, then a shot of the tops of the trees in the bamboo grove, just as in the pilot part one. Locke sees a naked Desmond running through the jungle, but he can't call out. He struggles to his feet and looks up and is nearly hit on the head by Echo's stick falling from a tree. He makes his way to the camp. He is mute and communicates with Charlie, first with charades, then using a pad and pen. He needs to speak to the island. He builds a sweat lodge in the middle of Echo and Charlie's church, and before entering, he creates an island pudding. <laughs> Charlie stands guard, but is told not to come in. In the sweat lodge, after eating his drug, Locke sits and waits. Boone appears to him, so Boone's back. Locke cannot speak, but mouths, I'm sorry, to Boone. Boone forgives him, saying with sarcasm that he was a sacrifice the island demanded, and that John will be able to speak when he has something worth saying. Boone tells John that there Boone tells John that he is there to help find Locke's way again so he can bring the family back together. After Boone says he wants to show him something, Locke tries to stand up but he can't. Boone says, "John, you're going to need that," pointing to the wheelchair. Boone then escorts Locke confined to the wheelchair through an airport saying that someone in the airport needs his help. Charlie, Claire, and Aaron are fine for a while and appear to be a family in the vision. He sees Jin and Son arguing and Saeed, who Boone says can handle it. Hurley is behind the counter of the ticket agency, entering his numbers into a computer. Desmond is a pilot and has three attractive flight attendants following him down the escalator. Boone tells Locke that Desmond is helping himself. Kate and Sawyer are bantering in the waiting line at the scanners, while Jack is being scanned by Ben with the handheld metal detector, which emits the beep of the computer timer in the hatch. Boone says that Locke can't help them, at least not yet. Boone says first you have to clean up your own mess. Locke is looking up at an empty escalator and drags himself to the top of the escalator and finds Mr. Echo's Jesus' stick. No, Jesus's. <laughs> I was like, I wish I could see your face. Did you just snort? (laughs) But I really wish I could see your face. Um, That makes me sad that I'm frozen in that weird dopey look at that. Locke is looking up at an empty escalator and drags himself to the top of the escalator and finds Mr. Echo's Jesus stick covered in blood. 
Locke looks at his hand, now bloodied, and then back up to Boone, who is who is bloody as seen in the dream in Deus Ex Machina, saying, clean it up, John. They've got him. You don't have much time. John awakens in the sweat lodge, and as he emerges, there is a flash of a polar bear coming out of the fire. John jumps out of the sweat lodge. He tells Charlie that he is going to save Mr. Echo's life. Charlie goes with Locke in search of Echo. During their journey, they find Echo's cross and signs that Echo was dragged by a polar bear. Sawyer only killed one. Locke tells Charlie to go as bad things happen to people who are around me. Charlie continues to follow him. Along the way, they discover the hatch has imploded, leaving a cavernous pit. Locke, Echo, and Desmond were apparently blown out of the hatch. They find a dead boar and polar bear fur. Seconds later, they hear a growling sound. They start running and stop as Locke hears rustling in the bushes. Locke throws his knife and hits Hurley's canteen, which he was holding in front of him. Hurley murmurs, dude, in shock. Hurley tells Locke and Charlie what happened when they encountered the others, how they kept Jack, Kate, and Sawyer hostages, how they sent him free so he could tell the other survivors what happened, and how the dude we had in the hatch is their leader. Locke orders him to do what the others told him while he is going to save Echo's life. Charlie warns him about the polar bear. They continue the hunt and see more fur. Charlie is scared saying that the polar bear is the Einstein of the bear community. John suspects that Echo was dragged into a cave by a polar bear. Locke enters the cave, armed with hairspray and his torch. In the cave, he finds a yellow Tonka truck and a skeleton with the Pearl logo on its clothes. He sees Echo lying on the ground, bleeding and badly injured. The polar bear attacks, dragging Echo by his feet further into the cave. Locke uses the hairspray and the torch as a makeshift flamethrower and burns the bear. The bear lets go of Echo and Locke carries him out of the cave. Hurley comes across a naked Desmond who emerges out of the bushes. Hurley gives him a tie-dyed shirt from his backpack while Desmond tells him he woke up naked after the implosion. He explains to Hurley about the failsafe key and Hurley asks him if, turning, if the turning of that key was what made the blunder noise and the sky turned purple. Desmond replies that he missed it. Hurley tells him that the island vibrated, and also that Jack, Kate, and Sawyer saw it right before they got bags pulled over their, their heads. Desmond tries to calm him down, saying that Locke plans to go after them, just like he said in his speech. When Hurley, in confusion, says Locke only said he is going after Echo and the polar bear, Desmond apologizes saying that he is a bit shook up. While Charlie gets water for the unconscious Echo, Locke apologizes to Echo, saying it's all his fault that he had to let Echo keep pushing the button and that because of him, their friends are now captured. Echo opens his eyes and tells Locke he can still protect them, that eventually he will find them because after all, he is a hunter. The next moment, as Charlie arrives, Echo is still unconscious. As they arrive to camp, a group of the survivors ask for some information regarding Jack and Echo. Hurley tells Nikki that Jack is not coming back because they've got him. 
Locke addresses the group, explaining that by they, Hurley means the others. Claire asks about Sunjin and Saeed, and Locke says that he is going to find their friends. He does not know how, but he is going to. He asks Nikki, Claire, and Paolo to take care of Echo. Charlie walks away, saying this was a nice speech. Hurley said he had deja vu for a second. Then he looks at Desmond, standing on the beach, throwing rocks in the sea and frowning. And that's the end of the episode. So until you just read the synopsis, mm-hmm. I like that word, synopsis. Anyway, um, the the characters that he told, um, you know, watch, you know, take care of Echo, they didn't have names. So we're just thinking, okay, they're just survivors on the, you know, just mm-hmm. extras. But apparently, since you named them, not you per se, uh, it makes me wonder, not wonder, but it kind of makes me assume that, oh, wait, do we have new characters? Like, do yeah. we have new main characters? And I think we do, because why else would they? Normally, they don't, well, actually, they do have a habit of naming people that are irrelevant, though. <laughs> they, yeah, so I was just going to tell you, like, it could go either way. <laughs> okay, so it was like, yeah, okay. Never mind then. I, I take that back. <laughs> I take it all back. Locke, okay, let's do trivia. When, um, in the first flashback, when the police officer is checking the paperwork, Locke's birthday is November 15th, 1946. 1115. Hey guys, we are here with an update to our scheduling. We just wanted to let you guys know that from Memorial Day to Labor Day, we are going to be going back to every other week publishing schedule. Okay, say something witty here. Witty? Because actually, as you're talking, because you kind of, I don't know if this is witty or not, but you sounded very sex kitten when you said, hello. You know, I was like, oh. Agnes is at a loss for words, apparently. <laughs> I know, it doesn't happen. This is like a 30-second promo, and you don't have words. But okay, the point is, from Memorial Day to Labor Day, we're going to release our regularly scheduled Lost episodes every other Monday. Maps will still be every two weeks, and Spotlight will still be the first of the month. And then after Labor Day, we will go back to Lost being put out every week just so that we can be able to spend a little bit more time with our families and enjoy the summer so that's it that was the update the numbers above one the numbers well 15 is but i don't know just thought you might want to know when your man's birthday is <laughs> hi terry <laughs> When Eddie is first introduced into the commune, he was wearing a Geronimo Jackson t-shirt. Saw that. While Locke is dragging himself up the escalator using his arms, the same mechanical noise found in Exodus Part 2, when Locke is being dragged through the jungle by the monster, can be heard. Um, one of the skeletons in the polar bear cave was wearing a shirt with the logo from the Pearl. It seems likely they were Dharma Initiative staff members. I mean, you... I mean... Polar Bear Valley is dangerous. Polar Bear Village, whatever they're called. Polar Bear Village. Do I want to know what you're doing over I'm there? Sh- 
the wire in this headphones is getting to the point where I can't hear at all. Ugh, From one sucks. ear to no ears to both ears. So, yeah. Weird. It appears that when holding Eddie at gunpoint, Locke is using the same rifle that Danielle Russo uses on the island. The survivors in Locke's vision are grouped together the way they are in real time, and not as they were left in the season two finale when Locke last knew about them. Jack, Kate, and Sawyer with Ben. The last Locke knew Hurley and Michael were with them, and Ben had, ben had not gained, yet gained control of them. Saeed with Jin and Son. Locke was in the swan when all three of them decided to leave. Desmond, as a pilot, alone and enjoying himself. He was missing at the time, and his flashback... No, sorry. Um, I'm not, I can't read that part. And Hurley separated from the rest. He was traveling back to the beach at the time, typing the numbers into the swan's computer at the oceanic check-in. During the airport scene... After Hurley enters the numbers, the chittering of the smoke monster can be heard. It's also the sound of the receipt printer from the first season episode Walkabout. There's some that I can't quite read. Um, Alright, so... The title of the episode is Further Instructions, which... Kinda obviously, obvious. yeah, it, it's his... Um, he does his favorite journey, and he talks to the island, right. and he's given his directions. I mean, kind of sort of self-explanatory. I don't see yeah. anything else other than that. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think so either. Do you feel like this episode... Like, uh, Do you feel like this episode... Do you feel like this episode gave you more insight about who Locke is, or it didn't matter? Like, you I like it, having it, but it, but you didn't need it. I enjoyed, like, I enjoyed watching it. It just, there it, it wasn't anything um, new into his character. It didn't give you any new information as far as to why he is where he is, maybe. It kind of just strengthens that idea. But it was still a good episode in that, well, damn, Locke. Like, where's your next stop at? Like, you just, it was... <laughs> It was interesting in of itself. I didn't think I didn't, it wasn't necessary for the character development. It was good for TV, which is I appreciate that because sometimes you just want to watch good TV. And yeah, when the episode pretty much opens, Locke is laying in the jungle, kind of like the way Jack was in the, the pilot first. episode. Mm -hmm. And instead of Vincent running by, Desmond runs by. And basically, Locke has taken the place of Jack as the leader because Jack is not there. How do you feel about that shift? It's an interest. I didn't see it that way, but yeah, that makes sense. I mean, considering he's the one that's left, it kind of makes sense. He because he's one of the you know the, the the handful of people that are capable of anything. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless of survival. So right. it's a logical choice. And I feel like. Um, I think this is. I, I, I think it's a good thing. For his character. Oh my god stop bitching. You hear my, you hear my cat crying. Uh -huh. um, I think it's a good thing for the character. Because he feels he has approved something. And I think it's an opportunity to, to. You know say. Hey, for us to see like yeah Jack. you Not Jack. Locke you're useful. We need you. 
he needs his own mental health, so to speak. And fact of the matter, we want this, if we want the series to go on, we kind of need him to win something. <laughs> it's kind of necessary for him to get somebody out. So I'm, I'm reading um, some stuff from the internet, and it says that the title also refers to a quote from the previous season in which Echo tells Locke to wait for further instruction, instruction. referring to his dream from Yemi. I remember that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't remember that until like I just read it. Right. So the hatch imploded. I want to miss the hatch. It's all. It's all fucking gone. It's a big ass hole in the ground. But they all made it out, and Ow. somehow Desmond lost his clothes in the process. That 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 did kind of bug me out because, like, it's one thing seeing them all, you know, kind of jacked up and whatever, but then you see what's left of the hatch or what isn't left. You're like, wait, that doesn't make sense. It wasn't like right, they were outside. They the, it wasn't like they were outside and they got some, you know, they were in the fucking hatch. So right. I'm like, fucking island mystery. Cause you know why? Cause they're already dead. Okay. <laughs> and when Luck, yeah, all right. And when Luck <laughs> is in the cave with the polar bear, he he finds a toy truck and he looks at it like it has some kind of significance, but we don't know what it is. Do you remember that? I scene? thought he was just looking at it because it was just fucking weird. Yeah, I mean, okay, this could have been. All right, thank you, Lisa. Now got me thinking. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what my face said. I know. I... You're lucky I like that face. Oh well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, all in all, I think that it. It's just like every other Locke episode for you that it has, it's, you find it interesting, but it doesn't necessarily leave you with, like, more questions. Yeah. I'm not, like, I'm not baffled, nor am I frustrated at the end. I'm not feeling, I feel sated at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, Locke couldn't speak, so that's kind of an unexplained event. That, like, well, for- I think... That kind of makes sense. The whole way for instructions and listen to the island, like this, up is, is, is literally telling him just listen, mm-hmm. don't okay. speak, just listen. And I really think more people should do that. Right? This, <laughs> I just, I'm really, I'm really very anti-human race. <laughs> Can we go back to the toy truck again? Okay. The toy truck could be nothing. Okay, but. It's a like a Tonka truck, right? Which is not some generic item. It, it meaning that it had to it had to come from off the island. Well, I'll, you, know? Well, you know this. Well, what's his name? What's his name? Ben. Mm-hmm. The character formerly known as Henry. Um, Ben said he was the, on the island his entire life. Okay. So if you want to believe him. Let's assume that there were children, or at least one child, on the island at one point in time. So maybe that toy truck was his. And those. And where did he get it from? The island Toys R Us. I'm just no. I'm just saying, like, if his parent or parents were like working for the initiative, hello, she's pregnant. Like, let's say the mother's pregnant. It's like she said, his whole life was there. So at one point, maybe she was pregnant with the guy on the island, and 
you know, I'm going to be on this island for X amount of time. There's been toys for my kid. Or okay. maybe there was other kids on the island anyway. Maybe it wasn't his per se. Maybe it was other kids from other employees. And they brought their toys. Like, he may not have been the only child on the island. Okay. I feel like this is limestone. Like another version of limestone. Limetown. Oh, okay. Yeah. Lime, I said limestone. Limetown. Which I think I'm going to say that again. That was really, really good. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I, I There's no right or wrong answer. I'm just saying, like, it's so out of place. Because... Me think of, but sometimes I think I ignore some of these things because it's, like, it's lost. I think sometimes I'm just like, meh. <laughs> like, oh, like, the fact that John couldn't speak... And try like, oh, you can't speak. Okay, so what are you trying to say? He was so nonchalant about it. Like, at this point on living on an island, nothing surprises anybody anymore. And we're like, oh, okay. All of a sudden, you're mute. Like, all right, cool. What are you trying to say? <laughs> oh, it was on the island? Bet. Like, you know, so. <laughs> it's true. Then he throw you off. That's the first thing I'm like, okay, this is weird. Like, nothing is weird anymore. <laughs> it's like 2020. <laughs> but I can't. I can't comment because oh, because okay, because right. I've seen it. So uh, you know what might have been oh at first is is maybe not ooh now, you know, know and then I at the same time you don't want to ooh me and tell me the truth accidentally leading me down the right path. Right. So I'm just trying to point out things that are like you know whether they're red herrings or not. You know, like the fact that he can't speak. Might be important, might not be. The fact that there's a Tonka truck in a cave might be important, might not be. I don't know, whatever. The fact that there's a big old gaping hole that they all flew out of one of them sans clothing might be important, might not be. I'm just saying. I just wish I that they just, showed Desmond little, a little lower. That's what I'm saying. That was my disappointment. The whole <laughs> fucking episode. Like, dude. <laughs> I really oh. miss the slow motion feature on my TV. <laughs> It is what it is. There's no shame here. Uh, I gotta say, Boone was a little cuter in his, yeah. in his spirit version. I'm like, oh, I didn't know how blue his eyes were. Like, <laughs> yeah, he he's not ugly. He's just not he's really like, like my type. He's not my type, and I think initially the character annoyed the fuck out of me because he's someone annoys you. Like you're like. Ugh. So I think he was just really annoying to me as a character. And and on top of that, he wasn't my type. So he had two strikes against him. So that means he was annoying. Yeah. People probably say the same thing about me. <laughs> the next episode is Every Man for Himself. Is that Desmond? No. Okay. Wait, let me see. Every Man for Himself. Let me see if I can guess uh, I don't fucking know. I don't know. Yes, you do. I don't know nothing. I mean, every man for himself. Come it's, on. Whose attitude would that be? Oh, it's definitely a Sawyer attitude. Exactly. Oh, I just thought it was too obvious. That's why. Yeah, think, no, it's a Sawyer episode. <laughs> I just thought it was too obvious. I was trying to, like, be, like, you know. Yeah, no. Desmond would have fit that, too, because he's kind of like a... Loner, but it, you know, but yes, yeah, Sawyer. I miss Sawyer. 
Yeah, so we're going to get a soy episode next. And I know I ask you every time, and I'm going to ask you again. Anything you would like to get more of out of his life or learn about? No. You just you don't care. I'm going to see what they want to give me. I don't okay. think. I think I know enough. Like, they've answered enough questions about him where he's not much of a surprise. Not that he's not a surprise. He always has twisted turns. But you know where they're heading. Like, you know. I, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. But that's that. I think the next bet is pretty much telling, what's his like, telling him, what's the next period of his life between the girl that he kind of liked, but he still can't, and how, between that period and oh. how he ended up in Australia. So, I don't what know what else. her name? Shit, I can't remember her name. I, I know who you're talking about. I can see her face. I can't remember her name. Alright, I, I can't remember I think her name. that's the only period that I'm kind of interested in, like what happened after her and between and before Australia. Mm-hmm. We know how you got to Australia, you know all that, but like, obviously, I think that's the only thing that, I mean, unless they're going to bring you back somewhere else, but I think that's the next logical step. I don't know. I Yeah, but did you hear what you just said? The next logical step. That's why I said, I don't know. <laughs> that's why I said, kind of like cut it off. I'm like, yeah, I don't know now. Yeah, I mean, you know what? You might get it. You might not. We'll see. I guess we'll I, see next time. I'm glad I'm not a gambling person. I like my I, money too much. I, uh, I like my This money would too never, much. never, 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 never be the show to gamble on. No. Never. Unless you, like, house will always win. Like, <laughs> this is, if there were, if, if 2020 was a show, it would pretty much be it this one. be lost. Because, <laughs> I mean, what, what month do the polar bears come walking down the street? Like... I'm guessing. I'm guessing December. It'll be, ni- it'll be a nice fitting, a nice end to the year. Oh, like we have zombies come at the end. Like we, uh, zombies here in Racine. Yeah. Um, I got. <laughs> I mean, you already did find a brain, so. Right. I was like, zombies are coming up. I foresee like what well, someone said, flammable snow. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm ready for it. We don't care at this moment. I mean, if at this point some electromagnetism just blew us all. Out of the out of here, I think we'd all probably just fucking be like, "All right, bye." <laughs> I don't, listen, I, you know how I feel about mankind right now. Like, I hate everyone. We all suck. We all suck. Yeah, left, so more than others, right, but yeah, left, right, in between, black, white, women, children, men, every, we all suck. People suck, not because of like. Their, you know, their attributes, like that. That doesn't mean anything. You, you could be anybody, anything. You could still suck. Like, doesn't everyone matter. sucks. Everybody sucks. Mankind is the most destructive species on this planet. Yep. Um, I, 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 yeah, we suck. And on that note, <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> I really do, like done on so many levels. You yeah, don't know. <laughs> I think that we are done, <laughs> and I need to go do stuff. Go be an adult. <laughs> Let me know how. I'll, yeah. I need to know how everything goes. Yeah. Keep me posted. I know this is Please. this is gonna be interesting. I'm I'm curious 
you know, because it's like that morbid curiosity in me. Like, but you're totally like, no new people mode. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I, car accident situation. You know, like you want to look at it as you drive by because you want to see like the blood and the gore, and don't fucking act like you don't. But then also you're gonna be sad, like if you see like something really bad, and you really know like you don't yeah. want to get involved, but you will if you have to. It's kind of like you know, like you just you just want to be an onlooker and not have to get involved. But in this case, I can't be an onlooker without getting involved. So Lisa is team no new people. I'm probably gonna fuck with you throughout the night just to make your experience just to make no just to fuck with you a little bit, make you laugh. Please do. All right. So, you guys, stay tuned next week for further instructions, and we'll talk about Sawyer. And in the meantime, we ask that you please help us out by supporting the show, uh, telling your friends, social media, supporting our sponsors. Every little thing that you guys do really helps us, and we really appreciate it. Rate, review, and subscribe, everything. And in the meantime, do not drink and drive. Always drink responsibly. And I'm Lisa. And I'm Magnus. And we're out of here. Out here.